Hi there, and welcome to Picking Up Rocks, a podcast that strikes a balance between playful curiosity and serious inquiry. Today on the podcast, we're joined by a very special guest, Fred Greenstein. He's here to talk to us about the crossroads of where content is at at the moment, and he's well-placed to speak to it, having spent the last 14 years in film, TV development executive roles, experiencing the dream for what it is through anonymous content, vice media, and A&E networks, among many others, with his main role straddling the edges of culture, society, and bringing them to the mainstream through screen. Really excited to share this one with you as I've been lucky enough to work with Fred in pitching and forming creative ideas and his knowledge, bravery and honesty when facing uncertainty is worth a listen. We kick off the convo with Fred speaking to how he got into the story business to begin with. I didn't grow up as like an entertainer. Some kids were that kid in school that would get up in front of everybody and sing and dance or tell jokes. I'm too shy. Um, I, you know, I'm not much of like a production manager. Like, I don't, I don't know how to like look at numbers and budgets. It like stresses me out. I mean, I'm good at math, but I, I don't know. I, don't, I like that there's people that are good at that stuff. So at some point I've like found like, what is it that I can do? What is it that I do? And what, what I really enjoyed about the, you know, the bulk of the unscripted TV kind of boom um, was that it was a land of ideas. So for me, I very naturally gravitated toward this world of being a development executive being a development producer whatever the job title is meaning that you're always on the on the like thinking about what's next and it really felt like as a business in a way that like i think scripted i always felt like i, I don't know it felt like a world of like curation and somebody knows what book's gonna pop and why that writer's a big deal that, that that was never my experience or something that i think i had access to succeeding in but i did think i had a decent there's this new skill set of like observing human human culture and like guessing how do you tell stories about it and it is the best and it is so much fun as an industry like it, you know and it got to this weird place in recent years that in some ways the news got so you know lost in in terms of its usual kind of givers that it suddenly became available for reality TV people to tell the news and all of a sudden we're making these four part miniseries for streamers as if any of us are journalists or something. So like, I don't know, just suddenly everything was available to tell stories with so much fun to be a development executive. That process to me, I think has gotten trickier. I think the results are, are harder. The fresher ideas aren't as well received as they used to, because in some ways the buyers, even when they buy an innovative idea, it doesn't mean the audience necessarily responds in a way that they used to. There used to be this amazing, like you could come up with some crazy idea and viewers be like, they're making a show about what? And it was just, it's really fun time. Long-winded way of saying like, I'm just, this is the only thing I know how to do as far as being in the content. I didn't come up as like the presenter, the the, 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 the entertainer. And I come up as like with this like pure, like brick and mortar business mindset. I just somewhere sit in the middle. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one idea that I'm trying to like, okay, like, what, what do we do with these sort of moments of content and the state of culture is just some observation that I think one of the offshoots of this explosion of creators and distribution models. And, and, and I do think like, as if people don't already say it, but I think in the long views that YouTube is probably the most influential thing that's happened in content, like forever. Like it, it is it's such a big idea of what has just been slow and steady percolating since 2005, you know, and, and somehow, and it's been through waves of people trying to curate it and bring in content executives the way that, but eventually it just succeeds in its own way. Just let people make stuff 
help them have access to advertising. It's, it's an incredible thing. And, and among the things that have emerged on there organically is like educational content or impact content that really is designed to meet the amount of people that care about that cause. And as long as there's some kind of transparent math between money in and money out, it works. So I, I guess the very short answer I have for you after I've winded it really up is, I, can we do something else besides entertain? All of these people that like we're, we love telling stories, story, story, story. I'll suddenly think we're all at Homer writing the Odyssey or something, <laughs> as if the world needs this many stories. And it's incredible to get paid to tell stories. That's so cool. But like, is there something else we can do with these things? Can they serve a different purpose in life besides just like give me a break? You know, I mean, I guess like you know, you, you could argue that like stories open our minds, and a lot of people discovered LGBT culture because they finally saw TV shows about it in a way that they didn't have neighbors. So I don't mean to undermine the, the how rich storytelling can be for culture, but on a business level, I, I'm I'm just wondering are there other kind of ways to drive ourselves? And I get excited thinking about you know education as like a very kind of constantly unraveling narrative of what is what do younger generations even do with learning and learning from them on what are their learning behaviors? So that interests me and that excites me that that I think there's there's a, there's a deeper utility you know, that, that things like masterclass kind of kick the door open on. I, I love the idea that we can connect with things that deeply matter, you know, versus things that don't. Yeah. So, so that's, that's kind of like my short answers. I, I'm personally seeing like, is my next chapter more about not just like the novelty of an idea, but like, are these ideas that can be more deeply connected to a, a, a richer utility in culture and society? And that's the word, the utility of it. And it's fascinating that you pick up on that and see that as sort of someone who's, you know, made their living through playing on the, that cusp of the now and the future and seeing how people are learning and then the attention spans and then the fact that people spend so much time there, especially young ones, you've got young kids, I've got young kids. It's sort of a natural thing to do is like how do these kids learn and learn through doing and then like what content, or what a good story can do is, you know, compel someone to do something that they never thought possible or that they, they learned something incredible that they never knew that they could conceive of. And uh, it's amazing to see, like, if you take YouTube as an example, that people can can learn that off another. But I suppose that distribution is is in, impeccable from a, a YouTube perspective. What is your take on, like, brand taking that because you think about there's everyone's trying to entertain but i suppose you've got to work in the entertainment space but like that appetite to be able to learn and we've spoke off air a little bit about like the utility that sits behind involving more than just say talent or involving you know involving the user or someone who stands to benefit in the story creating process like where do you see the future of that and and what do you see the benefit of that and sorry, and to, just to restate the question. So sorry, like the story, yeah, involving like uh, a certain sect of audience to be part of the storytelling process or to be part mm. of that process to be able to, you know, get a different utility out of that, a learning, deep knowledge, or even just experiential. Like that's where I feel like content's coming is this sort of change. It's becoming way more two-way. And I think that's where any content doesn't quite hit. It's like at the moment it's, it's this back and forth where a user actually sort of owns the experience and what do they do with that? Or how do you see that playing out where it's a lot more back and I, forth? 
I think it's it's definitely like to me the most interesting stuff that's happening. I guess my main curiosity is does it really end up scaling? Like I'm seeing really interesting um I, I don't even want to call them experiments. They're sort of experiments, but they're executions. Like they're they're working. Like they're, they're, they're people are making money off them. Like in the digital art space, there's some really incredible um, narratives from this last year that are look. It's niche. That's why I, I'm almost hesitant to bring it up because I think we are kind of generally focused a bit more on mass culture here. But I, if if my development brain is right, the reason I get interested in those like little niche stories is like, does this sometimes point to where things are headed? You know, and or does this point to things that we should be inspired by? That that this this that, that this could be something that triggers the way you make your next show or the next big idea. Um, I mean, look, you can't overlook how massive gaming culture is and, and just what an interactive entertainment content experience that is. So just there's an entire generation that's way bigger than the one before it, that their assumption when they stare at something with their eyes that's on a video screen is that they're interacting with it. So, so that's something that we're probably barely fully seeing realized as these like legacy institutions that are just built off the economics of a passive experience are now just getting absorbed by a growing generation that, you know, at the very least likes the IP behind those video games and wants to see TV shows made out of like The Witcher, you know, World of Warcraft and stuff. So there's a little bit of just like, what, what are the cultural references? But like you're saying, the process, sort of the, the actual experience of it and you know, I think that's been kind of the fantasies of Web3 that we're living in sort of like the, the toxic corner of the chart where nobody even likes talking about it in, in any spaces anymore. But the, the, the reason why people like me, I think, or maybe I'm just speaking for myself, the reason I got drawn to Web3 was because it, it, it engaged this question in a big way. Like it was, it was suggesting architectures for how do you actually even pull it off? Like how do you actually bring people in? And most of the examples are niche and small, so it's hard to look at them too long. But you know that that to me is very exciting to imagine. I think that should should inspire a lot of people that this one way of doing things has a chance to evolve. And by that I mean is that somebody makes stuff, somebody's in charge of running the money, and somebody goes and works with you know the ladder above them, and then they go try to do it again, call it a job. The idea that you might have a community that you're a part of, and that is even a part of your creative process. And there may even be this very fluid notion of who's ever in charge. And maybe we even come up with some kind of process that doesn't make that seem like pure chaos. Those are all just fun things to imagine. You know, I think that's how people make music. I think that's how like really radical artists sort of, you know, make stuff. And, you know, TV and film as art forms are these massive collective efforts already. It takes so many people on a movie set to, to make a movie. You know, technology is streamlining some of that, but you know, to to think that you can start embracing that collective to to do interesting things—that's kind of what's going on with this one project that I'm in called StoryCo. That that's that's a bit of their vision as sort of really decentralizing the the creative leadership of of a project. Um, the question is, is it any good? You know, at the end of the day, maybe we just really like auteurs. You know, maybe we just really like it when James Cameron makes a movie. Maybe it's like bad when lots of people make it, you know? So I think that that becomes where it goes back to the consumer. Like all these things are fun to imagine. But at the end of the day, the results speak. Yeah. And I think but you're sort of speaking to sort of two different, you're speaking to the big overarching like 
cultural implication of sort of box office hits and then you're also speaking to sort of where utility can come in on on niches and where it can like fabricate a, a sense of community and also even cement that sense of community around building that and that's where a niche has to exist like how big until it becomes mass culture can you have a small community and, and what is that utility and and content is so embedded and storytelling so embedded in our lives now i feel like that utility around and i'm definitely there with you with the web3 around what some of that can can bring to a society and, and pulling and distributing like we're in the midst of sort of redefining what a fractional economy is and some of those tools that exist there enables enable the chaos to to continue a bit further but i don't i, I hear you cut yourself off at times when i feel like you're talking about two different worlds now and i don't know if one will ever go massive or if ever, ever needs to in terms of its story output but it's more it, it's resonant I mean the, what it does i mean the two choke points are distribution and fund funding yeah like at some point whether it's niche or gigantic um somebody needs to pay for it <laughs> And and somebody needs to see it. Otherwise, it's just some poem you wrote on the back of your napkin that only you get to read by yourself. So at some point, that's why there's this maybe kind of like schizo conversation I'm having because I'm sorry if I'm sounding very confusing. But the that that at some point it's it's a mass medium, but in some ways where the most interesting trends are are when. It, it, that, that mass medium finds a way to segment itself. And, and that's kind of at least been the linear narrative of like, you know, TV was four TV channels here in America, eventually it was 300 cable channels, and then it was tens of thousands of YouTube channels, and now it's infinite, you know, especially with AI. So the, the, the effect of it being interesting and, and drawing tends to sort of, you know, drive towards these more uniquely tailored experiences where it's economically viable <laughs> is when it, it speaks to masses and uh, and on some level i think like even the most sort of niche loving people among us and this is something that i don't I, I like i think like we're there's a lot of us that are predisposed to sort of believing in a decentralized future or thinking that you know diversity and you know, inclusivity and, and you know, the, the, the just even just the mechanics of a patriarchy that are very top down and very structured and there's gatekeepers. Like, I think we're designed to think that all that's bad and everything for everybody is good. But every now and then, like when Messi wins the World Cup and all of us got to be there <laughs> and, 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 and for one moment, the whole world stopped to witness a beautiful thing. Like, we also like that. At least I did. I don't know. And I didn't feel like I was betraying my other sensibilities that I loved being a part of something that was like, I can't pause this. <laughs> I, I that this isn't this is for everybody, you know, and, and those are rare occasions. And in some ways, that's what makes it even more special. It's literally scarce. Um, but I guess that, to, to address your point of like, what the fuck am I talking about? <laughs> um, I think there is this sort of like pendulum swing between the instinct to reach lots of people and sort of the instinct that sometimes by thinking smaller, it might be more special. Yeah, and, and more the utility piece and the entertaining piece, that was also the pendulum that's there sometimes with where you were going with sort of educational content and, and then also entertainment content and where those two interact, especially when it comes into involving in the process, what that looks like, and then 
the actual like the purpose say if it's an impact piece like are you trying what what is the purpose of that like what are you trying to impact and how big is that and what do you need to be able to do that i think some of the tools that are there now enable that a lot more and the use cases you can see on youtube exists so the call for might not have the mega bucks of a of a mass culture sort of bet it's essentially a story innovation bet that model but it sort of shows that there, there are different ways to do it and what do you what's your take on sort of content taking people offline it doesn't have to be offline but off off screen and like starting to own that piece and starting to tell their own story or starting to we sort of got that with uh gaming but it feels like it's breaking away from just gaming and coming around for people to to own their own sort of take on the story and like do you think ai is going to play a role in in enabling that further or is it is it not in in terms of what again sorry all right so you've got so you've got the marvel studios you've got um you can like a product built off the back of a great story so like attention age you've got mass movement you've got a huge product like how do you build things off off a moment like that and whether that's small or large like so you've got a story that exists a brand's essentially a story that everyone knows and interprets their own unique way a movie's no dissimilar and i feel like the barbie moment sort of showed that but it's like how did barbie's already got the offline where you buy a barbie and you sort of tell your own story but how does that how do you see that working in in the future and do you see that as a as a big piece now that you have that story known what do you build off the back of that as an experience where people can can own and, and ex explore it in their own way it could be a doll it could be a card game it could be a ball game like it could be all sorts of different creative ways to be able to allow a user who absolutely loves it as you said they don't care about the writers the actors they care about star wars like what would be a star wars game that they'd build off the back of their next big hit it, it's interesting at some point it's we're asking a question about like human potential and, and desire to be entrepreneurial to a degree of like because it, it, you know there's sort of like there's what fans do and then there's like this sort of deeper lean-in of like you know what you're doing you're playing a video game is you're winning you're, you know, achieving something and i don't know there's something interesting about the, the you know the underlying barbie meme that like each person got to make Barbie for herself, but they were still all unified by some bigger cultural glue. And I think if you start to try to apply that to like any other kind of cultural artifact or, or, or sort of initial IP that then sparks, like, I mean, at the end of the day, it sort of boils down to the people that put money into that. Like, what do they intend? How yeah. do they imagine success and culture being a product they're investing in? Um, but it's interesting to think about it. again it, it bums me out that all these like web3 projects are all just like kind of like poop stains on people's memories from two years ago but the things that they were experimenting with like this idea that you know some people were collectively writing books or there was you know that the idea that you as an investor in like the art of an nft project you were literally told that you owned the commercial license to the art of your piece which you know if you you know look it's very easy to dismiss it especially because they call themselves apes if there's some people that aren't participating in nfts like board apes it's just sound like i can't believe intelligent people spend any time thinking about this stuff but just the basic experiment that look it's, is it limited to like 10 or so thousand people yes does that mean like who really cares maybe 
you know, and maybe that's that, that's the point. But when I go back to my point that sometimes it's interesting to see these like little experiments play out, do they indicate something? Like, what did they do? Somebody came up with some art, you know, is it just like, especially as we all get used to mid-journey, how easy it is to generate art now? Like, it's, does it seem like lazy, low effort that somebody just cranked out a bunch of silly looking monkeys and somebody seems to think it's worth something? Sure, so let's, let's put the art over here. Art's subjective, we can all hate on it or love on it. But what they did do is they created a cultural club that, that you know, for a minute there, and I think to a degree of, of the treasury they've been able to build up is very financially valuable. And at least amongst themselves, but arguably they're trying to build beyond it with these games that they're working on. Everybody that joined that club was given free reign to do whatever they want with the IP. And 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 there's there is this DAO that's involved with like moving actual treasury money in and out of these projects, and that's a democratically Governed thing, which is apparently full of riddles with problems too. So you know, there's no utopia here. But the actual idea that people buy into a piece of IP, but then are fully empowered to say, "I want to contribute to the IP by starting my cannabis company inspired by the art, or by creating my pizza company, or selling coffee," you know, now you're seeing this very interesting intersection of marketing as part of the original culture, not just the exploitation of the culture, and that to me sounds like there's something new there. Maybe it's not a fully formed thought and it ends up just being a mess. And, and like in the end of the, in the end, like Disney's got it down with like, you know, make a movie and then eventually get a theme park. And like, you know, just make all the money in between. It's <laughs> kind of what they've done with IP. And then yeah. in some ways, all the people, their most interactive experience with that IP is they get to go on the ride or they get to buy a t-shirt. Yeah. Um, it's still very what, consumed. What the, what the board apes model is playing with is that like no you can then construct part of the theme park and be part of the the risk and return on that and and, and be a, have an opportunity to contribute to the culture and the lore of this very three-dimensional world that's kind of you know community-based that sounds interesting to me i mean if you really get crazy and zoom out on it like that's what christianity did you know it started off with a meme and then then i was like hundreds of different types of Christianity, everybody made it their own. So it's, it's you know, so is that a ridiculous thing to compare apes or, <laughs> or movies? Of course it is. I just mean like, what does culture do when it's left to its own devices? And when when you create the structures that people have a chance to say, I, I want I want to make this mine, you know? And that's that I think is the question you're asking is what are the, what are the gates that are coming down? What are the uh, legal, opportunities in terms of ownership uh you know creating what, what happens when people are given that um mm. you, you know the, the the one project that i i, I really think is going to come to define this last year on the digital art space if you follow jack butcher and his his projects no, no. He, he um i really think like that's that's an example of like even in a down year where everything is so toxic there's some really special things happening with the web theory crypto art space and you know he has two projects one of them is called opepin um which very much kind of leans into the pepe kind of mythology which is either disgusting or you know people know that it's just a, a, a internet thing um and also this other thing that was a commentary on the elon musk you know, checks the blue check business um you know without spending too much time unpacking a confusing art experiment <laughs> what what both <laughs> projects did is they built in public the entire experience 
the entire from day of mint to what am I supposed to do with the success now to, to even today, he's constantly tweeting and sharing and taking feedback from everybody that were effectively his shareholders. They're the people that bought the pieces. And he's not just doing whatever they're telling him to do, but he's asking them for input. He's polling them. He's like, I'm wondering about this. I'm interacting with this. Should I do that? Should I do this? He's still leading his effort, but he has brought Evolving. his marketing army, if you want to just be basic about it, they're the people that are out there tweeting and hyping, but also the people that care about what happens next with the project. That building in public thing is fascinating to me. That I, I would love to see that tiny little experiment expand to all the different things. And then the Opepin project more specifically, and I haven't followed this as closely, but if you, if you Google it and look it up, what he did is he basically took a, a very simple, very elegant design and he's created this very interactive incentive model where he even pulls the community. Like, do we want to mint this one? And then if people want to, then we mint this one. Like, so he's constantly creating these new additions that keep coming out that are, if I understand it correctly, they're also cooked into a bit of like an AI design studio where you even get to design it to sort of reflect you. But it always goes back to this core elegant design. And now there's this whole army of avatars on, on social media of people that are like doing the avatar thing. They found an avatar that looks like that it's their vibe. It's what, what they chose to do, but it's still like held together by the community of this iconic logo. And at the same time, they were a part of designing it themselves. So, like, again, I don't know if I've fully explained it to somebody that doesn't know what I'm talking about. No, you have, but that yeah. to me is an example of, of what you're asking about and what does it look like in its experimental stage? And how do you borrow the principles of something like that? Something that is sort of like, stridently open sourced you know stridently you know uh, publicly built um and constantly open to redirecting maybe easier to do with like low stakes digital art versus like the behemoth of a movie set but it'd be very interesting to see if we started trying stuff like that i think it would in so many ways i'd like to see it more in the movie space as well but a whole plethora of and i think it if we can get through some of the poo stains that you, that you so well said at the start of this but what the core example of people like tribism and how people want to feel part of something bigger than themselves those sort of things tap into such human psychology and the need and the desire and something that is maybe a bit of a void in society at the moment and and why there is an appetite for niche fred i could chat to you all day mate um i appreciate your time and all right so well thanks. i'm curious what comes i'm curious what comes of this so my fred thanks for joining us on the podcast i think that's a great spot to leave it curiosity is the main thread in uncertain times curiosity can often be the main main driver as you get through the foggy highway i've been your host patrick beggs founder of Fur production until next time